Welcome everyone. You're listening to The River Podcast, where you can find messages to help you strengthen your walk with Christ and refresh your soul. Here's our message from this past week. Now, we are a unique generation. Um, I think, for the most part, aside from my group, I would say most of the people in here are probably in the millennial range, right? Um, All right. I know there's a few Gen Zs up in here, represent. But uh, either way, if you're anywhere in this age range, you know what it's like to see massive change, right? You've seen the first iPhone all the way to the 12 Max, and the differences between the two are enormous. I would say that there's probably never been a period in history that has seen as much change technology-wise and as fast-paced as we live through. Can I get an amen? We and our lives have evolved so fast. I remember dial-up internet. You know, you would be on your home computer and... And if somebody picked up the phone, you were kicked off. Done. Now we have fiber, right? You have all kinds of super fast internet speeds. It is ridiculous. I remember Nokia cell phones. They were like... A heart is a brick, and you can throw them things. The snake game, still undefeated. There's still no game better than snake. I remember the razors, flip phones, you know, like those were it, blackberries. And now, like I said, we have iPhone 12s, and we have all this stuff. You know, if you would have told us back then that you can make video chat calls, you would have been like, bro, that's just stuff in the movies. Like, that's never going to happen. We've seen VHSs now to 4K, 6K, 8K, right? It's crazy. And we've seen it all. And it feels like it happens so fast, right? The years fly by. Everything happens and changes so, so fast that sometimes it's hard for us to keep up with. So there's one thing that we're terrible at. It's waiting, let's be honest, right? Because our lives have always been so fast, we're not good at waiting. Amazon Prime, shout out to my boy David, who's always driving the trucks. Thank you, represent Amazon Prime, baby, all day. Bro, but let me tell you, today, if it's not on Prime, I don't want it. I'm not buying it. Forget it. Right? And forget it. If it says same-day delivery, I don't even care what it is. I'm just buying it just to see if it comes. Honestly, bro. So it's like, it's so wild how unpatient we are. And we want everything now, now, now. Give me, give me, give me now. Uber Eats, you know I'm paying priority. Because ain't nobody getting their food dropped off before mine. I told my wife the other day, if I'm paying $30 for a cheeseburger, I don't care. I'm going to add that extra $3 for priority because I ain't playing. All right? And we stream movies, we binge watch shows. You don't have to wait for anything, man. So a lot of times we struggle with that. We struggle, but how many of you know that the wait is important? In the waiting, there's important, right? So many times God made people in his stories in the Bible, he made people wait, wait. Wait, longer than we could ever imagine. 
longer than ever we'd be comfortable with. But in the waiting, it gives you an opportunity to grow. In the waiting, it gives you an opportunity to build your character. In the waiting, it gives you an opportunity to build humility. In the waiting, it gives you an opportunity to build patience and so on and so on. A lot of the things that we lack now in our generation. So the first point I want to make to you tonight, and if you haven't gotten it yet, the message is called the waiting. The first point I want to make to you tonight is that there is work to be done in the waiting. Amen? What does that mean? A lot of times, if God is making you wait on something, it's probably because he needs you to work on something. I don't know if you heard me. If God is making you wait for something, it's probably because he wants you to work on something. A lot of times when you find yourself in a situation where you have to wait for something and you're uncomfortable because you're out of control, it's because God is trying to teach you something. There's a purpose behind it. It's funny because, and I warned her already, guys, just so you know. I told my wife I was going to use her as an example. We are, we are expecting another beautiful child. I have to, another one. We have two beautiful girls, and now the boy is coming. Amen. So here's the thing. It's the waiting. Right? Right, honey? How many times do we wish we could just fast forward? All right, just pop the baby out and let's get going, bro, because I'm, I'm done with this. She's uncomfortable, which makes me uncomfortable. She's hungry, which makes me hungry. She's hot, so it makes me hot, and I'm just all kinds of bothered at this point. And I can't even begin to understand what she's going through, but in my mind, I'm like, man, I'm going through it too, bro. You know, this is not easy for me. I just want this to be over with just as badly, maybe even more than you. And it's just, that's just the way it is. It's the way it is. We just want to fast forward, get it over with, be done with it because it's uncomfortable. There's something growing. There's something growing inside of you. There's something that God is trying to birth in you. But unless you begin to hold on tight and hold on to the promises that God has made in your life, you'll never be able to birth what God is trying to do through you. Amen? God is trying to do something in you, but if you're not patient enough to hold on to what he's promising, you'll never see it. It'll never be fulfilled. Let's go to Jeremiah 29 11. I know you guys all know this. Jeremiah 29, 11. I'm living, reading from the New Living Translation. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. So God understands and knows the things he has for us. So why is it that we want to control so much? Why is it that we can't just let go and let God? Right? Because we just can't. We're control freaks. We want everything in our way. Our, do I have a timer somewhere? Because if not, guys, I'm telling, I'm warning you right now, I will get out of control, and we will be here until 11 o'clock at night. All right. So I work with the youth in my church, amen? And God bless them. Guys, you're here. I'm sorry. I was hoping you wouldn't be, but you're here. So I'm going to, it is what it is. But I have... For you college folk out there, I have 13-year-olds that tell me, why 
don't my relationships work? Why is it that I can't be in a relationship? And I feel like I'm going to be forever alone. And as funny as it sounds, we all were there at one point. We look now, hindsight is 2020, right? Like, oh, you're like, silly kids, 13 years old. What do you know about love? Bro, when we were 13 years old, we were just as bad. All right? And, and it's funny because to them, it means everything. Because they don't understand. At, just like us. There's things that we don't understand at our age. But I hear that, and I'm just like, man. How can you think that you'll never find love? I'll, I'll, I'll tell them, girl, you have no idea. You know, girl, you have no idea what God has for you and the things he wants to do for you. You just need to be patient. Because if you go around giving your heart to the wrong people, I'm telling you, it's not going to end well. I'm sure some of us have been there as well, too. Amen. When I was 13, I know I was still watching cartoons and trying to figure out how to multiply, but that's another story. But I understand where they're coming from. The pressure from the outside, the pressure from society, from social media to live your best life now, right? To post about everything every second so people would know what you're up to and what you're doing, right? There's no waiting anymore. You know, I, I know people that are, are just disappointed with their life because they're in their early 20s and they haven't traveled the world. And I'm like, are you, are you serious right now? Like, I understand, you know, but get, get a little bit of experience in life first, you know. Like, I plan on traveling the world, yeah, when I'm, like, retired and, you know, no kids, no nothing, I, I'm gone. You won't catch me here. So I'm good. I, I know what I'm waiting for. God knows what you need, and he knows when you need it. But can I get an amen, ladies and gentlemen, especially in church? It is the worst. If you are, in a ser if you are not in a serious relationship or married by 25, you have no hope, according to the other adults in church. Right? You go to, like, church functions or family parties. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm Hispanic. I was about to start busting on some Spanish right now. Oh, tú no estás casado. You know, you're not married yet. What are you doing with your life? You're 25, you're 26, you, you don't have a girlfriend. What's wrong with you? Right? And it's terrible because they're always trying to rush, rush, rush. They don't understand, man. You guys don't know. The adults don't know. The, olders, the elders don't know what it's like to, to be in college, to work full time, to try to pay rent for an $1,800 apartment a month. That's a one bedroom. And you're just like, I don't even know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do this. Yeah. Times have changed. But God knows what you need. And even if he hasn't given you what you've been asking for, then it's either not for you. Or he knows you need to deal with some stuff in you before he can give it to you. How can you love someone if you're incapable of loving yourself? And that's truth. 
Because I know a lot of people who cry and cry and, you know, they, they want to be in a relationship, but they, they don't even love themselves. They have no self-value, no self-worth. And it's just like, man, just please love yourself. Love yourself first and God will take care of the rest. You want God to, to be in control of your life, right? But you want it with your little, you know, exceptions. Like, God, I, I want you to be in control, but I need you to do this for me first. And that's not the way God works. There's work to be done in the waiting. There's some internal construction that needs to happen in a lot of us. If you have some things in your heart you need taken care of before he can give you someone else's heart. Amen? Let's go to Genesis chapter 12. We're going to read verse 1 through 4. Now here's a good story about waiting. Amen? And we'll go through this pretty quickly. So if you could just follow along with me. Genesis chapter 12, starting on verse 1. It says, The Lord had said to Abraham, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. So here we see God promising Abraham greatness, descendants, and fame. But guess what? He was already 75 years old. How long had Abraham been waiting for this promise from God? A long time. I would have been like, really, God? I'm good. I'm going to retire now. I'm going to get a condo on the beach. I'm 75. I got no kids. I'm out. I don't want no kids no more. But Abraham holds on to these promises. But time goes on, and he starts to worry, right, like we do. As time goes on, he starts to doubt the promises that God has placed in his life and says, you know what, maybe I need to take matters into my own hands because I don't see anything moving. Can I get an amen? So he starts worrying, and how can I have so many descendants, but my wife and I have no child? So he's like, okay, I've waited on God a little bit. Let's go to plan B, right? How many of us have a plan B for our lives, just in case things don't work out the way we plan? All right. So God promised something, and when we don't see it happening, we start taking matters into our own hands. And most of the times, we ruin it. Let's go to Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. If you're there, say amen. I know it's on the screen, I think, too. Shout out to the media team. I know how it is. Genesis chapter 15, starting on verse 1, it says, Sometime later the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? So here we see Abram's first kind of like, uh, God, you know, checking him. 
Like, yeah, you promised me all that stuff, but what's going on? You haven't even given me one of the first things you promised me, which was a son. How can I have all these descendants and all these blessings, and I don't even have my first kid yet? Doesn't that sound like us sometimes? Let's keep going. El Forgive me. Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. He's giving God kind of some attitude right there, bro. He's, he's brave. Then the Lord said to him, no, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Amen. So what do we see here? Like I said, we see Abram starting to kind of like pump the brakes. Like, God, how can you promise me and say you have all these promises? I don't even have an heir to my throne. Abraham starts worrying like we do. And we start worrying and we start doubting God and questioning the things he promised in our lives. God, what are you doing? God, where are you? Where are you? I don't see you moving. Where are the things you promised me? And God is just saying, just hold on just a little bit longer. I promise you it's coming. But we need to just wait and trust the Lord. Let's keep going. Genesis chapter 16, verse 1 and 2 says, it's been a so, okay. Genesis chapter 16, verse 1 and 2 say, now Sarai, Abraham's wife, had not been able to bear children from him. Uh-oh, here's a problem, right? But she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abram agreed, of course. <laughs> Men. And Abram agreed with Sarai's proposal. So Hagar gave Abram a son, and Abram named him Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. So, what do we see here? It's been 11 years now. He's 86, so it's been 11 years since God's promise came to him. And so he was like, all right, God, it's been 11 years. You're playing games with me now, right? Most of us can't even wait 11 days. Imagine if God made you wait 11 years. Don't worry. You're going to get that dream job, and you're sitting at home in your boxers, and you're unemployed. But God, you promised me. God, you promised me. Abram waited 11 years. And we're not even there yet. God, you promised me that I was going to marry a beautiful, a beautiful man of God, you know. And, and he was going to be wonderful and all these perfect things. A perfect gentleman, a prince charming. And here you are. At River Young Adults, single as ever, and just not knowing what's going on with your life. So Abram, it's been 11 years since God spoke to him. And Abram says, forget it. Forget it. Let's go to plan C now. Right? Let's go to plan C. Forget that. And Sarai is down for it. She's like, you know what? I, I agree. You know, things aren't happening the way we thought. So just sleep with my servant and let's have a kid. 
But that's not what God promised them. Amen? And how many times do we do that? God has promised you something. He spoke something into your life, and you're tired of waiting, so you go ahead and you make your own decision. God promised you that dream job, but you're like, you know what? I'm tired of waiting. So you go work at Burger King. I'm just kidding. There's nothing wrong with Burger King. Shout out to Burger King. (laughs) You do what you got to do in the meantime, you know? But you understand what I'm saying. God promised you something, but you're so tired of waiting on God that you just jump at the first thing that comes to you. And that especially goes with relationships. (laughs) So we end up with people that are no good for us, that hurt us, that hinder us, that hinder our relationship with God. Let's keep reading. Genesis chapter 21 Starting on verse 1. We're getting somewhere, guys. Just stay with me. Keep waiting. Genesis chapter 21, starting on verse 1 through 7. It says, The Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant, and she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God had said it would. Amen? Amen. And Abraham named their son Isaac. Eight days after Isaac was born, Abraham circumcised circumcised him as God had commanded. Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. And Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter. All who hear about this will laugh with me. Who would have said to Abram that Sarah would nurse a baby? Yet I have given Abraham a son in his old age. Amen. Look how good God is. So God says here in his word that he gave them their son exactly like he said he would. So God finally fulfilled his promise 25 years later. Some of you in here are not even 25 years old yet. Can you imagine waiting for something for 25 years that God promised you? Most of you would give up on God. You would think, you know what, God, you're, you're playing games with me or you're not real. And, you know, this is just ha-ha on me. Great. It's wild. But Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 90 and they just had a baby because God promised it. You see, sometimes God makes you wait because he doesn't want anyone to be able to take the credit for what he did in your life. Who would have said that a 90-year-old woman and a 100-year-old man would be having a child? You say that nowadays and everybody would be like, you're crazy. You're completely insane. But see, God sometimes does the insane because he doesn't want anyone to take the credit but him. Amen. So those things that you're waiting for in your life that seem crazy, just know that God has hands over it. His hands are all over it, and he's doing a work. But he's going to do it in his time, not yours, because he doesn't want you to get the credit. He wants the glory for him. Because if you do it in your time, if he did it in your timing, in your control, in your way, in your manner, then you get the glory and you get the applause. Hey, congratulations. But God wants you to be humble. God is trying to show you something. You need me. You need my will in your life. Amen? 
most of us think we don't have it all together. If we don't have it all together by 25, our life is over, right? If I'm 28 and I'm not moving up in my career, my life is over. What am I going to do? It's all downhill from here. I'm 23 and I'm still single, forever alone. I'm 29 and I haven't bought my first house yet. I'm a failure, right? My parents at 25 had three kids, their first house, and had two brand new cars. And you compare yourself. You compare yourself and you look at your life and you think you failed because you're not where you're supposed to be. But I'm here to tell you tonight, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Because if God hasn't placed you there, it's because he doesn't want you there yet. Amen? He's trying to teach you something. God is not done with you yet. It may take you until you're 90, like Sarah, but God will have the last laugh. Amen? The next point I want to make, and this is the last one, don't worry. You worship in the waiting. Okay, so there's work in the waiting, and there's worship in the waiting. Let's go to Psalms 27. And I hope you don't mind, but we're just going to read the whole thing. It's not very long. Psalm chapter 27 says this, the Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing that I ask the Lord, the thing I ask, seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk to me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Do not leave me now. Do not abandon me. O oh God my, of my salvation, even if my father and my mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me how to live, O oh Lord. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath, they threaten me with violence. Yet... I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Let me tell you a little bit about David really quick. David had to wait 15 years from the time he was first anointed by Samuel to the time he became king over Judah. 
it was another seven years before David was anointed king over all Israel. This means David waited over 20 years in his life to be made king. So when we see David's heart, we understand that in everything that he was waiting, he had a heart of worship. David never gave up on God. Even when times were the darkest, and he said, my enemies are surrounding me. Lord, everybody's out to get me. But wait patiently. Wait patiently on the Lord. It's time for you to worship in the waiting. I don't know what it is you're waiting for. I don't know what it is you're going through. I don't know what it is that God has spoken to you or promised you. But keep waiting. And as you wait, you worship. I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself before I close it up. Just so you guys know. I'm 33 years old now. At 23 years old, the Lord spoke to me for the first time and told me that he wanted me to be a pastor. I'll never forget. I never imagined it. I came to the Lord at 16. I started playing drums for the church, doing things like that. But I never imagined myself becoming a pastor. Not me, bro. I'm just a kid from Miami. You know, I'm not going anywhere, doing anything. And God did it. And now 10 years later, God is beginning to open doors for my ministry. And he's doing things. And it was not easy. I had some major battles. For those of you who don't know me, those that do know me will tell you. My wife and I, we're blessed. We're having a boy. But this is not the first one. Our first child was the boy. But he never made it out of the hospital. That was seven years ago. That was seven years ago. Our church was still fairly new. Our ministry, you know, we loved each other. We were smaller. And when it happened, it rocked the whole church because it was unexpected and now there's people in this room right here right now who cried with me every single day because it hurt it hurt so much because I I didn't understand God what are you doing you promised me all these things you promised me a family you promised me you know this blessed life and now I have a son and you took him from me What are you doing? But what did I do? That's what started to click in my mind. Where did I go wrong, God? What did I do for you to punish me this way? And in there, in that waiting, there was a lot of silence. See, because a lot of times we feel like, man, if God's not speaking to me, then I must be failing at something. But a lot of times God is silent on purpose because he wants to do some work in the waiting. Before he can give you his response, you need to start working. And a lot of us fail at that. God, I want the answer, please. And then you just stop. You don't go after it. You don't seek after God. You just want him to respond to you. But God is saying, worship me in the waiting. 
And that's what I did. In that period of time, I worshiped God like I never have before. Because I felt like my life was spiraling out of control. But I had to worship God. And I had to worship God. And I had to worship God. And I had to wait. Because he still wasn't talking to me. But in that time, I realized God's love for me. Because I saw the people around me rise up and pick me up when I was down. I saw my wife pray for me when I was broken. I saw my pastor truly be there for me, call me every single day to check on me. And I knew what a real pastor was. And I was like, wow, look at you, God. You may not be speaking to me directly, but you're speaking to me through everyone else. And I'm going to continue to worship while I wait for you. And lo and behold, God answered finally. And he gave me my beautiful daughter, Brooklyn, who's five now. Two years after. And God is good. Those two years were not easy, but they were possible because of God. Now, if I could share something with you, and I promise I'm ending with this. This is something that I've shared with my young people before, but this is just a word of encouragement. If everybody wants to stand up with me, because I want you to understand something from the practical sense. Because like I said, there's some of you in here right now, you may think my life, I don't know where I'm headed right now. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what God is doing. But let me leave you with this. And I hope you understand me. Your life's not done. God's not done with you yet. And I'm going to give you some practical examples. You ready for this? How many of you love Marvel comics? The movies, Marvel, yeah. Okay, well, Stan Lee, the original writer, published his first comic book hit in 1961. You want to know how old he was? 39 years old. God's not done with you yet. Everybody know Bob Ross, the famous Afro painter? Bob Ross spent 20 years in the U.S. Air Force. Upon retiring, he taught himself how to paint and became everyone's favorite painter. At what age? 41. God's not done with you yet. Ready for this one? Samuel L. Jackson. We all know him, right? Samuel L. Jackson took interest in drama back in his early 20s. However, he only became world famous when he was 46 years old for his role in Pope Fiction. Here's another one. Morgan Freeman, one of my favorites. Love that guy. He was 50 years old when he landed his first big break in a movie called Street Smart. Steve Carell didn't get any major roles until his career took for a huge turn when he received his role in the series called The Office. And he was 43 years old. God's not done with you yet. Colonel Sanders, the man behind one of the most famous chicken fried, chicken, chicken things in the world, KFC. <laughs> he had a hard time holding down a job, but Sanders perfected his secret fried chicken recipe in 1952. 
the first KFC franchise was open, when Sanders was 62 years old. God is not done with you yet. Amen. And just to end it, let's go to Jeremiah 29 again. But we're going to start on verse 10 this time because I want you to understand something and not just see Jeremiah 29, 11. Jeremiah 29, 10 through 13 says, This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come and do for you all the good things I had promised. See, a lot of us read Jeremiah 29, 11, but we don't realize that in Jeremiah 29, 10, God was saying to them, you've been waiting for so long. You've been waiting for 70 years. And then he says, I will bring you home again, for I know the plans I have for you says the Lord. There are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. In those days, when you pray, I will listen. In those days of waiting, in those 70 years of waiting, in those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. And that's what God is trying to tell you tonight. I know you've been waiting 70 years. I know you've been waiting seven years. I know you've been waiting seven days. I know you've been waiting seven hours. But speak to me. Seek me wholeheartedly and you will find me. Don't give up. Don't let go of God because God is not letting go of you. And he is not done with you yet. It's not too late for you. It's not too late for you. God is just getting started. God is just getting started with you. Amen. Let's pray. You guys can just close your eyes. Let's just lift up our hands to God. God, we believe that you are a good God, that you're marvelous that you're omnipresent. God, you know it all. You know me, the innermost parts of me, God, that no one sees. God, you know my struggles. You know my battles. But God, tonight I surrender it all to you. God, I surrender it all to you and I trust you, Lord. And God, no matter how long I have to wait, I will trust in you, God. And God, just like Sarah, I will have the last laugh. And those around me who support me will laugh with me because of your goodness, God. Because they'll know that it was no one but you, God. When I get my breakthrough, when my career unfolds, when my miracle comes, when my healing comes, when my breakthrough comes, when my husband comes, when my wife comes, when my house comes, when my car comes, when everything comes, God, it's going to be all you, Lord. Not because of me, but because of you. So I'll worship you in the waiting, God. I will worship you in the waiting, God. And I will do my part. I will do my work. I will seek your face. And I will trust in you, God. 
Lord, I bless every young person here, every young adult, God. I declare in Jesus' name, Lord, that whatever it is that they've been sowing in, whatever it is that they've been crying out for, whatever it is that they've been waiting on, Lord, that, God, you would begin to unravel the plans that you have for them, God, that you would show them, Lord, that no matter how long the wait, you are faithful to finish what you started. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, Lord. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share with others, post about it on social media, and leave a rating and review. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The River YA. All of our links to keep in touch are down below. We hope this blessed you, and we'll see you next time at The River. Come find life.